I realized that fruit is actually sweet. Like, what? That's crazy. I, I am now much more able to enjoy those things. Just raw fruits without any, I don't have to put sugar on my grapefruit anymore. It's crazy. Welcome to the 7220 Wadcast, where the content will always be constantly varied and at times highly intense, with as many guests as possible. Hi everybody, welcome back to the 7220 Wadcast. I'm Nicole Bleak and I'm here today with one of the coaches at CrossFit 7220, Miss Kat Goyne. Hello Kat. Hi, thanks for having me. Well thank you for chatting with me today. So just so we can get to know you a little better, you have a degree in physiology and a minor in psychology. Did I get that right? Yes. And now you're going for a second bachelor's in nutrition? Um, yeah, I am actually uh, decided to go for my master's. And so when you're finished, you'll be a registered dietitian? That's the goal. Yep. So I got three semesters left of the master's and then I'll do a dietetic internship and then take the certification test and become a, a registered dietitian. What a great degree and qualification to have that really pairs nicely with what you do now. And I know you've done a lot of personal training in the past throughout your undergrad years as well, right? Yep. Since you're fairly new to our staff and actually fairly new to CrossFit, just briefly tell us how you were introduced to it and how you eventually became one of the coaches at 7220. Um, so I was kind of skeptical at CrossFit at first. Um, I know just the people that I was around didn't really speak highly of it. And of course, um, I didn't really do any research on it. I just kind of took their word for it. Um, Toby actually works with my husband, Brady. And so Toby mentioned that you guys had the free community wads on Saturday. So I was like, you know, I've been kind of skeptical. There's nothing to lose. I'll go try it. So Brady and I actually went um, to a community wad and I actually really, really enjoyed it. And so far I have obviously continued to enjoy it. I still do it. I still love it. I guess it was just interesting to me. Like I said, I was just skeptical and um, I figured that I would probably get hurt if I started doing it. But I realize now that that is absolutely not the case. Um, and it's actually a lot of fun. And like I said, the community aspect is a lot more, I think is a lot better than just having some person plug in their headphones and chug away at a workout, maybe hating it. You know, I wasn't, I was looking for a change. And so CrossFit was kind of that change that I needed in order to start enjoying exercise again. Well, you've been a great addition to our staff and community, and we look forward to your continued contribution as a coach, as well as sharing your growing knowledge and expertise in nutrition. So we're really glad you were open to trying something new that you were a little skeptical about and that you actually fell in love with it. I've learned the more I've been in this field that it's super important to be open-minded with both fitness and nutrition. Definitely. So we are in the middle of an 800 gram nutrition challenge at our gym where we're encouraging everyone to eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables every day. So I thought it would be interesting to visit with you because your diet consists mainly of fruits and vegetables and essentially no animal products. Since I know this isn't the way you've always eaten, Tell us how your diet is different than it was before and also what prompted this change in your diet. Um, so I went from a just, I guess, your standard American diet. I was maybe not as unhealthy as 
it could could have been right. Um, I still really focused. I had still good, a pretty good understanding of nutrition. I tried to eat more whole foods. However, I was kind of surprised to see how much processed foods and added sugars I was actually consuming. So I actually changed my diet about a year ago um, in July. So I first heard about a whole foods plant-based diet. I think that's important to differentiate vegan and whole foods plant-based diet because as I like to say, Oreos are vegan. <laughs> so having a whole food plant-based, you can be a vegan and be unhealthy. Um, however, focusing more on whole foods is probably the most important aspect of this diet. And I was really skeptical of trying a new diet because I've tried doing diets before. I have oftentimes become kind of obsessive about calorie counting and the nutrition aspect of things. So I was, like I said, I was, I was pretty skeptical about this. You hear about veganism all the time. Um, can you get enough protein? Can you even get new, enough nutrients? Uh, my mom was telling me that my aunt had tried it for 10 years, and then as soon as she went back to meat, she felt amazing. She felt better. She didn't know why she did it. Um, so that was kind of the idea that I had. Plus, I grew up on a cattle ranch, so I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like beef, a beef market. Let's, let's keep that um, beef prices up. So I never – I'd always had um, – meals centered around animal protein. I just, that was how I grew up. That was what I did. However, when I first started working at the rec center, um, about a year and a half ago now, I ended up working with a client who was vegetarian and I'd never really met a vegetarian or a vegan that I'd actually talked about nutrition with before. So this was a whole new experience for me. So we, uh, had multiple conversations about that because she wanted help with her nutrition. Um, she was a vegan in college, however, since she had her daughter. At the time, she was about five, so she's probably six now. She had a young daughter, so they turned more vegetarian. However, her daughter was a strict vegetarian and did not like eating animal products or animal meat at all. Um, so she actually told me about this book, and it's written by Dr. Michael Greger, who is the founder of NutritionFacts.org, and it's called How Not to Die. So she, I remember her quoting um, Dr. Greger saying, you can either die with cancer or die from cancer. Same thing with like cardiovascular disease. You can either die with cardiovascular disease or from cardiovascular disease. And what this means is that through autopsies of young people, they're finding that chronic disease is starts to develop at a fairly young age. They've seen um, evidence of heart disease in, in kids. So so you can either die with it or die from it. So this kind of intrigued me because we know that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in the United States and certain cancers are leaked to our diet. So I, I gave the book a shot. Brady and I had to go to Jackson. Um, so we turned on the audiobook the whole way and listened to it. And of course, throughout it, he's really pro-vegan. Um, some of the evidence is cherry-picked, so you kind of have to be careful and do your own research. However, um, he does mention huge studies like the Adventist Health Study or the Key Seven Country Studies. And real quick, the Adventist Health Studies just looked at the difference between the Seventh-day Adventists who have a largely vegetarian diet versus the standard American diet. And they see that they have better health outcomes than the rest of the U.S. Um, in comparison. And then the Key Seven Country Study was just a big study that showed that cardiovascular disease or coronary heart disease was linked to cholesterol levels, blood pressure, diabetes, and smoking. 
But anyway, so we read this book, and there was some convincing stuff in there, I must admit. But there was, like I said, there was some cherry-picked stuff that I was like, ah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know about that. So again, since I was skeptical, just like with CrossFit, I decided to try it. And when I told Brady, I didn't think that he would be on board with this at all. But I told Brady, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try this, see what happens, see if I feel better, if not, fine, whatever. Go back to my regular diet. But, you know, I'm skeptical. I want to see if this these claims are true. Now, when you say feel better, were you experiencing specific and obvious negative things at that time? Or is it more about looking back and comparing how you feel now versus then? Like maybe you didn't realize that you could have felt much better than you did? The only thing that I had noticed before, so my, mo my mom was diagnosed with celiac disease when I was 11. So I've always kind of had these gastrointestinal issues, like the bloating, the gassiness, just the painful kind of feeling, which usually occurred in the afternoon for whatever reason. I got tested for celiac disease on multiple occasions, all coming back either negative or inconclusive. So we don't even know if I have celiac disease. I'm not saying that I do. Um, the last test that I took came back inconclusive, but it doesn't bother me anymore, so I don't worry about it. Then one of my doctors asked what I was eating. I love, I absolutely love peanut butter, but apparently that is a trigger for irritable bowel syndrome. So she told me, you know, maybe it's the peanut butter. So I laid off peanut butter for like a week. Nothing changed. I laid off dairy. Nothing changed. I don't, I still to this day don't know what was going on. However, since being on this diet, the frequency of that painful like bloating and gassiness has decreased so much. So yes, I like it. I feel better in that aspect. But um, there are, there were several other different um, changes that we'll go over that I noticed. So did you see a change in your weight or body composition? Yeah, so yeah, so that was one of the changes that I noticed. I think right off the bat in those first um, three months where I was a, a strict vegan, I lost about 10 pounds. So that was kind of scary because I have a pretty small frame anyways, and 10 pounds is kind of a lot for me personally. Um, however, after that, about that three months, um, my weight stabilized and I've actually gained weight since then. I think this is just because when you start eating mostly plant foods and almost no processed stuff, the energy density um, in those foods is a lot lower. Um, so you fill up faster on lower calories and that's, so you don't feel necessarily as hungry. However, you're eating less. So I, I guess it's expected to lose weight at first, at least a little bit before your body kind of adjusts. Yeah. I've noticed just with this 800 grams just yesterday, I mean, I was working hard to get 800 grams in and I was basically stuffing myself at the end with part of an apple or blueberries. And I was like, I cannot eat another bite. But probably if I would have added up the calories of that, it probably wasn't significant. But like you mm -hmm. said, you're just, you just feel more full and satisfied and you, you don't crave other things. Yeah. Um, especially with like, if, Obviously, a main protein source for vegetarians and vegans is legumes, and those are super mm -hmm. high fiber, which is very uh, satiating, so it makes you feel fuller longer. Um, so that's, yeah, it's just another thing that your body adjusts to, but like at first it was, it was, it was something to get used to. It makes me wonder if that initial weight loss you experienced was a release of inflammation in your body. Obviously, since you had gut issues going on, you likely had kind of a systemic inflammation. 
And then when your gut got a break from the processed foods and any other foods that were irritating it, there was an anti-inflammatory effect that helped release fluids and toxins that your body was likely holding on to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So in addition to cutting out the processed foods, you also cut out any animal products. So that would include meat, fish, eggs, and also dairy. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty much everything came from a plant. I think you told me the other day that once in a while you will eat fish. So when I'm cooking at home, I don't use any, I don't have, I have eggs that are like three months old in my fridge from, or even longer because they're from Thanksgiving, which is kind of gross to think about. But that's pretty much the only uh, not plant-based food I have in my house right now. When I, so when I cook at home, we, that's all we eat is vegan um, food, whole foods, plant-based stuff. However, if we go out, um, usually we'll go to Sweet Melissa's or, you know, go to Anong's or Thai Spice to get, and they have tofu there, so it's great. I love tofu. However, sometimes we'll go out for sushi. This is rare. We're like, I'm pretty much 95% still plant-based, just because I love it so much. Um, But we went to vacation in Florida just recently. My parents are not vegetarian. I was not able to find a vegetarian place anywhere. (laughs) So we ate, we were... We were able to stay pescatarian there, um, so eating just fish. However, when we went to the Bahamas for Christmas, um, that was a lot harder, and we couldn't we couldn't find. I could the only thing that I could find there was um, a veggie burger, which isn't you know isn't enough. I'm not going to meet my nutrient needs um, eating just French fries essentially. So we just had to make adjustments there. But as soon as we were back, we we got right back on track with the plant based. So. So you hit on two really key points there. The first is being flexible. When we're on a vacation or at an event where maybe the perfect foods aren't around and we just have to do our best with the options we have and then not get too stressed about it. But we don't want to be so rigid in our eating that it sucks the fun and happiness out of our life. Then the second point is probably more of a challenging task and that's getting back on track once we do return to our usual environment and routine where we do have more control to eat the things that are right for our body. I often hear of people falling off the wagon, so to speak, with both diet and exercise, maybe after a two-week vacation or even an illness, and then that two weeks turns into three months, then it feels like starting over. So getting back on track is tough, but I do think it's always easier if the plan you are returning to was one that produced results. So what other benefits have you or Brady experienced that have helped motivate you to continue this way of eating when you do get off track for whatever reason? So there's um, kind of three other big ones that I want to mention. The first one being energy. <laughs> I did not know that I was so sleepy all the time, honestly. Um, I felt after switching my diet, and I was not expecting this at all, I realized that I wasn't taking my afternoon naps anymore. I wasn't getting tired. I wasn't, sometimes I'll just be like, oh, I just want to sit on the couch and, you know, watch TV. I don't feel like doing anything. Well, those days are kind of a lot less now than they were before. Um, A lot of the times I would, I would sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and take an afternoon nap. However, now those are a lot more infrequent. Um, so I really actually enjoy, um, not feeling tired all the time. Even if, you know, maybe I don't get my eight hours the night before it's 
sometimes not even noticeable. Um, I do try to obviously get at least eight hours in bedtime every night, but um, I feel a lot more energized now. So I have to say that after doing this 800 gram challenge, even for just a short while, I have noticed better energy. Now I am still eating animal products, but definitely not as many because I simply don't have room for them in my stomach when I'm eating 800 grams of fruits and vegetables every day. So whether it's a result of less animal products or a result of more fruit and vegetable intake, or maybe both, I definitely have noticed a difference in my energy level. Yeah, I'm glad you feel that way because it's like it's an amazing feeling. I love it. <laughs> so um, the next the next thing that I noticed was so Dr. Greger in his book mentioned he had a whole chapter on mental health and having a whole foods plant based diet, and I did not. I was like, what? This doesn't make sense to me. Um, I wasn't expecting this. However, so before. Um, I, I remember having these days, and they were pretty frequent, of having these bouts of depression. So everybody gets depressed from time to time. These were pretty frequent. They'd be all day. Sometimes they would last several days to a week. I just kind of felt worthless. There was nothing good going through my brain. Um, I also had kind of some anxiety for no reason, even though I knew you know I was going to be fine. My brain would just kind of freak out a little bit. Um, and I don't know if it's the whole food plant-based diet that I've pretty much been on this whole time for the past year or the fact that, like, I'm 25 now and they say 25 is, is the time when your brain kind of fully develops. So I don't know if it's the age or the diet um, or a combination of the two, but I can't remember the last time I had one of those bouts of depression. I, I don't remember the last time I had um, any serious anxiety. And in, in the book, Dr. Greger has these anecdotes of patients writing him saying that they feel so much better with this whole foods plant-based diet. They don't have the anxiety. They don't have as severe depressive symptoms. Um, and I think we're finding out more and more that nutrition really does affect every aspect of our physiology. And um, so it's, it's, it can, I guess, hopefully be used to help um, a healthier diet, not help you just physically, but mentally as well. Yeah, I think it's really easy to blame depression only on circumstances, and rarely do we equate its occurrence or its severity to our diet. I also think we really underestimate the power of food on both our physical and mental well-being. There are so many people who deal with depression and anxiety, even if it is only occasional and not necessarily chronic. And the fact that you saw such a noticeable improvement really speaks to the statement that food is medicine. Now, one could wonder whether your improvements were from less processed food or was it from added nutrients you were ingesting from more fruits and vegetables, or maybe it was both. But what matters is the changes came about from changing what you ate, not from a new drug you were prescribed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%, especially after, um, after changing my diet so drastically. So I'm really curious to hear the changes that were specifically motivating for Brady because men are typically pretty big meat eaters, maybe because they have more lean mass, but regardless, I tend to be a little bit more intrigued and even impressed when a guy learns to love his fruits and veggies more than a T-bone steak. Yeah, I honestly, like I said, I was shocked when he was like, you know, I want to try it too. I was 
shocked. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, you know, I don't care if you eat meat, go for it. It's fine. Um, he still eats bacon rarely, but he does eat bacon because, you know, <laughs> he loves bacon. Uh, he, like I said, when we went to Florida, we had to, we were, we were eating fish there. And when we went to the Bahamas, it was kind of a free for all or whatever we wanted to eat. And he's mentioned to me, you know, I feel so much better. He says he just feels kind of gross eating when we went on vacation. Um, and he's, and he's happy to get back to eating plants. Um, I think he's seeing that these benefits, especially like the energy, um, and the gastrointestinal kind of regularity is, is better with the plants. And he lost some weight too. Um, but like me, it bounced back and he's been at the same weight for the past, you know, four years since I've known him, um, even, even eating mostly plants. So he, and he doesn't eat a lot. Um, I actually sometimes think that I eat more than him, but somehow he's been able to maintain his weight, um, eating, you know, a, a, almost a strict vegan diet. He's a little more um, relaxed than I am. I would say probably 80 to 85% of the time he's vegan. The rest of the time, um, bacon obviously is a thing. And then if we go out to eat or something at a non-vegan vegetarian place. Um, but yeah, he, he likes it and he's stay, he's been sticking with me on it. So. so speaking of bacon, you mentioned this earlier, I think in regards to your mom, but a lot of people's concern with a vegan or vegetarian diet is just not getting sufficient protein. Tell us about some of the protein sources you guys eat. Um, so there's a whole bunch. Legumes are a big one. Um, tofu, tempeh, or any soybean or soybean product. Um, grains, some grains have a lot of uh, protein like quinoa or amaranth. Nuts and seeds, of course, I love. I have like a bag of the omega-3 trail mix with the cranberries that you get at Walmart. I can seriously tackle a whole bag in a day, which is terrible, but it's a lot of calories, but um, I love them. Uh, seitan is vital wheat gluten, and I know um, people kind of like, oh, gluten is bad. Well, not if you're not insensitive to it. So seitan is actually a really um, good source for protein. It's about 75% protein, which is more than a chicken breast. So um, super high there. So do you keep track of your protein to make sure you're getting enough? Do you do any kind of macronutrient counting at all? I don't. So the biggest thing that I've seen with people like kind of stigmatizing plant protein is that it's not complete um, so there are 20 essential amino acids, I mean, 20 amino acids that we need, eight of, or nine of them are essential, which means that we need to get them from our diet. And all animal protein sources are complete proteins, meaning that they have those essential amino acids. However, plant-based proteins, some of them do have the complete proteins like quinoa and, and soybean, so like tofu and tempeh, but other ones don't. So legumes, um, are not a complete protein and also seitan or vital wheat gluten grains. Some grains aren't a vital, uh, a complete protein. So even when I took some nutrition classes several semesters ago, I had professors tell me that you need to pair incomplete proteins together to form a complete protein. And really that's just not true. I don't track this at all. I'll tell you what, what you, what it's, important to focus on is that you're eating a variety of protein sources. So if you eat just legumes that are deficient in um, methionine, which is an essential amino acid, for lunch, however, you turn around and have some grains, which is high in methionine, but low in lysine, which is what legumes have, for dinner, you're going to be completely fine. Um, you don't have to have those two sources 
at in the same meal in order to not become deficient in an essential, essential amino acid. Just recently on Instagram, I had a fellow trainer mention that not there are no plant-based complete protein sources, which completely is a lie. Um, and just eating a variety of these foods ensures that you get the adequate amounts of those essential amino acids. Um, so no, I, I don't, I don't count macros. I don't worry about it. Well, clearly anyone that's seen you lift weights and work in the gym knows how strong you are, especially for your size. So I think when people think of a protein deficiency, they think about muscle loss and, and strength loss, and clearly that hasn't happened to you. So, uh, that makes sense. So you don't supplement with any kind of protein or branch chain amino acids? Um, so I hesitate because I do take a protein supplement sometimes just if I had like a really hard workout because it's shown that um, obviously high intensity exercise suppresses appetite and sometimes when I'm not hungry, I, I will listen to my hunger cues and I just won't eat, which I know isn't good. So I'll have a, a protein supplement on hand. Um, sometimes if I don't have, uh, recently I've been having a client kind of in the morning, so I don't have time to eat breakfast, I'll take a protein shake um, just to make sure that I'm getting something after a workout. Uh, however, I don't rely on it. It's not a daily thing. No protein supplement because I absolutely need it. Um, and that's kind of a new thing. Sometimes I'll start taking it and sometimes I won't. It also depends on how much time I have to actually prepare meals too, which didn't defer. Um, I would take a protein supplement even when I was eating um, meat at every meal. So I guess it's something that just really hasn't changed. Yeah, and, and so your protein supplement, if you were to take one, it's obviously a plant-based supplement. Yeah, it's mainly pea protein. So, What about vitamins? Some people claim that, you know, you have to worry about specifically like B12 deficiencies or even uh, zinc fatty acids like omega-3s. Do you supplement with any of that? The only supplement that a person on a whole foods plant-based diet would absolutely need to consume would be B12 uh, because B12 is not found in plants. It is strictly found in animal meat and uh, products. So um, a lot of vegans uh, consume what's called something called nutritional yeast and it's actually fortified with B12. Um, however, some of it's not. I actually, let me, I accidentally made the mistake of ordering some nutritional yeast that was not fortified with B12. So I do take a B12 supplement, but that's the only nutrient um, that is absolutely necessary. The other supplement that I consistently take is vitamin D because we live in Laramie. Yes, we should all be taking vitamin D regardless of what we eat. What about iron? Do vegans and vegetarians run low on iron because they aren't eating meat? And then I've also heard that there are certain plant-based compounds that can impede iron absorption. So are you getting sufficient iron? And then have you heard or read about iron absorption being compromised? No. So there's two types of iron. There's heme and non-heme iron. And so the heme iron is iron that is found in essentially animal products. Um, however, non-heme iron um, is largely the component of plants, um, in plants. So non-heme iron is a little bit more difficult to absorb. However, I don't take an iron supplement. Uh, things like um, legumes, seeds, tofu, um, and even some dried fruits are high in iron. I, like I said, I don't, I don't measure how much I eat, honestly. However, 
when we decided to go vegan for or whole foods plant-based for three months, we got blood tests before um, at the start of and then at the end. And those micronutrient um, or mineral levels that they check for in just a routine blood test, they didn't really change that much. Um, I didn't become deficient in those three months of not, you know, consuming uh, supplemental iron. I know you mentioned the omega-3 trail mix you eat. Do you take any additional omega-3 or fatty acid supplement? I don't. um, Because like I said, I eat a lot of nuts and seeds. So um, chia seeds are like we go through them in our house so fast. And same same with flaxseed. I actually ordered a 25-pound bag of flaxseed, so I'll put them in everything and anything. And then um, walnuts as well. Like I said, I love eating, just chomping out on some nuts, so I don't worry about that either. So here's a question for you. On the flax seeds, do you grind them? Because I've heard if you if you leave them whole, you can put them on stuff and you know they give you fiber and everything, but you have to grind them to get the actual nutrients out of them? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I have like a Nutribullet and I, (laughs) I'll grind them in there and then put them in a jar for us to just use. And then same with chia seeds. So, so you grind the chia seeds up as well. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Well, it sounds like you have it figured out. I think it's really great that you are so aware of the nutrients your body needs. And then also that you know, the sources for those nutrients. I also love that earlier in our conversation, you differentiated between vegan and whole foods plant-based because I have met plenty of vegans and vegetarians who may not eat animal products, but their diet is still full of processed foods and sugar. I feel like saying to them, at least those who claim to be vegan for health reasons, you know, if you're going to drink Pepsi all day, you might as well just eat the cheeseburger with it. So do you think the whole foods plant-based diet is what everybody should be doing? So you you kind of mentioned this when we first started talking about nutrition, that there are different diets for different people. So yes and no. I think that the way that I eat is great for me because I love it. Um, I didn't really, I kind of was starting to hate meat, honestly. Um, I didn't really like it that much. And so changing my diet to more of a whole foods plant-based was kind of a relief for me. And it also also helped me eat a lot healthier, Um, a lot more fruits and veggies. I used to not eat that much because everything was centered around a protein source, an animal protein source, and now everything is centered around vegetables. Um, And I love that. I don't feel guilty about what I eat or how much I eat. If I eat too much, it doesn't affect me like like it used to. So... This diet works for me, and I think that if anybody else is kind of headed in the same direction, I'd say don't be don't be afraid to. There's a lot of uh, stigma about a whole foods plant based diet or a vegan diet, about people um, not getting deficiencies. All I have to say is, yeah, you need to pay a little bit more attention to what micronutrients you need. Um, however, everybody should understand. I think everybody needs to do research and look at um, the nutrient composition of foods. And also what the body need. If that means doing more research, then that's great. Um, don't be afraid. You're not going to die. Uh, my mother was like, you're going to be so deficient in everything. I, this is a bad idea. Don't do it. But here I am today, a year later, and I'm still alive. I'm still strong. I still have the energy and the, um, to do everything that I need to do. 
the yes side of that is everybody, I think, needs to eat more fruits and veggies. There's one thing that Americans are good at, and it's not eating enough fruits and veggies. So, and as you kind of mentioned before, it's it's not the whole foods plant-based part of it. It's the whole foods part of it. I, I absolutely think that people need to start eating more foods, cut out the added sugars, cut out the processed stuff. Um, and if that means um, experimenting with more stuff and maybe having... Uh, meals centered around vegetables instead of an animal source. That's great. I urge you, I urge everyone to do it because you don't need to never eat meat for the rest of your life. Um, but just knowing that you won't become deficient in anything if you take one meal out of your week to have a whole foods plant-based meal, I think is a great idea. So I'm a big advocate for eating whole foods and lots of fruits and veggies. So yeah, but like I said, diets aren't for everybody. Um, this one just fits me. However, uh, if, if someone really likes meat, then I would never expect them to stop eating meat. Yeah, I agree. But I do really like your idea of occasionally shifting the focus of meals, even if we still choose to be an omnivore. I think most people think of meat as the main dish. I know I do. When someone in the family asks, mom, what's for dinner? The answer is steak. And they usually don't care what goes with it, but the answer is usually not roasted broccoli and kale salad. However, during this 800 gram challenge, I've had to shift my focus to think more about the vegetables and fruits being a major part of dinner instead of those things just being an afterthought. If I'm going to get to that 800 grams, we've got to eat a lot of those. And I'm betting there might be a few out there who listen to this and might be interested in trying a whole foods plant-based approach, even temporarily like it started out for you. But I think you've done a lot of research. I think you have a great wealth of knowledge on the subject. And if anyone wants to get more guidance from you, I'm sure you'd be more than willing to chat with them. Absolutely, yeah. I just want to make note that it's kind of scary because I didn't realize a lot of a lot of this that I learned. Like I said, I was skeptical. I didn't do my research, but now I have a lot better understanding. I have a lot better, I guess, outlook on everything and these, in these diets. I was like, how can anybody be on a diet? This is, you know, beyond me. However, actually trying it and doing it, I've learned to really like it. And I think that, I don't know, maybe it could help someone else um, kind of look at it and be more open-minded towards things and realizing that it's not, it's not difficult to kind of make a move. It's, we're all here to support you. Like you said, if anybody needs to come talk to me, um, or kind of pick my brain a little bit more about what I did, I'd be happy to help. Um, because anybody can clean up their diet. I think it's just learning and educating yourself and, and realizing that there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so if you take a step back and logically think about and learn more about physiological needs as well as the content of food. It's it's easy. It's it's great. And it might make you feel better too. So what would you say to people who claim they hate vegetables and or their digestive system does not tolerate vegetables or fruit very well? I am glad you mentioned that actually. In that book, How Not to Die, Dr. Greger actually addresses the taste aspect of stuff. Um, so we are exposed to a lot of processed foods with a lot of tastes um, that are geared and flavors that are geared to 
trigger our biological need to store up on extra calories. So a lot of vegetables sometimes don't taste that great because they just, they're not, you know, this overly processed, sweet or salty snack that people are used to eating. However, when you shift your eating, your taste buds actually adjust as well. So even if you don't like vegetables, I would give yourself some time to kind of adjust to to eat those things because um, eventually you might find out that you like them. Um, I noticed that when I started laying off kind of the, especially chocolate, I had a problem with chocolate before. I don't think you're alone there. <laughs> I just seriously started laying off the chocolate and over the period of months, it took a long time, I realized that fruit is actually sweet. Like what? That's crazy. I, I am now much more able to enjoy those things, just raw fruits without any, I don't have to put sugar on my grapefruit anymore. It's crazy, um, which I thought was way too bitter before. Your taste buds do actually adjust. So I would say just give it some time and try it. Um, obviously, there's tons of seasonings out there you can buy. Laying off the extreme sweet stuff and the extremely salty stuff, I say, would be my biggest advice. And then also the GI issues. So in vegetables, there's usually a lot more fiber. Hopefully that's what you're referring to as far as it makes your stomach hurt. Is that correct or? Yeah, I'm assuming it's the fiber content. You just hear from a lot of people who try to increase their vegetable intake that claim they have GI symptoms, gas, bloating, stomach discomfort. A lot of times more often if they eat raw vegetables versus cooking them. And I'm just not sure whether we tell them, just endure it, it'll get better, give your body time to adjust. Yeah, I would, I definitely noticed that. And this was, it actually took Brady kind of a long time or a couple months, not a long time, but a couple months to adjust to a higher fiber diet. Because when you make that switch, a lot of Americans only get about half of the recommended daily fiber intake, which is a problem because we've seen that fiber can actually be attributed to things like GI um, cancers. So increasing fiber uh, intake is an absolute great goal. It'll take some time to adjust to it though. I'll tell you that. Like I said, it took Brady a couple months to fully adjust, but now he's fine. I always ate pretty highly gas-producing foods like cabbage and Brussels sprouts, um, so I didn't really have an issue with it. Lentils, though, were super high in fiber. Um, I noticed some distress after eating blindly kind of a large amount of lentils, so if you are doing things like that, I would say kind of ease into it. There are lower fiber um, vegetables and definitely cooking Um like you said, I've heard that it can um, help reduce those symptoms. In my experience, um, I've it just it just takes you know a couple weeks or a, a couple months to fully adjust. So that's why I would recommend kind of easing into it. Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind that anytime we change our diet, there is that adjustment period where we need to ease in and be patient as our body adapts to those different foods we might be adding or even as our body withdraws from processed foods that may have been accustomed to. And a lot of times we are going to feel worse before we start feeling better. And some hypothesize that could be due to the body filtering out toxins that could have been harboring in cells and organs from some of the junk we were eating before. But as we mentioned earlier, everyone does respond differently to different diets and we have to find what works for us while respecting that something different might work better for someone else. And this can be a lifelong journey kind of figuring out what those things are and then realizing that those things could change as things in our body change. 
I do think there is often a negative stigma associated with a vegan or vegetarian diet, and I think the information you shared and your personal experience could really be helpful for those that might be interested in giving this a shot. I think they'll be a lot less hesitant now to maybe give it a try. Yeah, I would definitely say just don't be scared. Just take the step and yeah, get educated. Well, again, Kat, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. 